It's Cash Color Camp. It's a high-level conversation on live hip-hop daily. Um, and this episode is presented by Jade's Elevation. Established April 20th in Memphis, Tennessee, Jade's Elevation is a small family urban farm that focuses on providing the best hemp products from seed to experience. Learn more about their amazing products and all their services they offer for farmers at jadeselevation.com. All right, without further ado, I'm ready to get this week started. I mean, man, so much nervousness in the news, man. <laughs> I wasn't sure if anybody's going to come outside. Let me tell you, this I, 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 this is the first time I've actually been outside the house, to be honest with you, and especially downtown. And when I got downtown today, I was like, yo, it, did they shut downtown down and didn't tell nobody? It was like, there's nothing outside. It was weird, man. It's like you know, it, you would have think people wouldn't be so scared. It's like like consider Corona the trap, the trap of um trap of all viruses, man. <laughs> I think it's, I think it just have a bad a bad reputation right now. But who knows? Couple couple weeks it might be popular. Uh, but speaking of trap, I got my good guest in the building, man. My man Ar Shaw. Ar, what's up, man? Oh, appreciate, it, man. Well, I consider well, cannabis is is trap, man. It is it's definitely trap. You know, and um, we get the chance to talk to you, talk today with you about trap history. You know, you working on an amazing project and po- book and podcast in which you take a deep dive into trap history overall, not just the music, but aspects from um, everything from gentrification to to strip club culture. Talk about a lot of things that that, that actually all fall in line with, with trap history. So I did want to have a chance to get to talk to you about the book and just uh, everything that you found out about about traps since you started working it out there. But um, first, before we get started, man, tell us, state your name and tell us what you do. So um, I'm A.R. Shaw, um, uh, born and raised in Atlanta, an Atlanta native. You okay. know, there's not too many of us still around. I was say, so you're, you're an actual Grady baby? <laughs> Grady baby. Yeah. Went to Grady High School. Shout out to Grady High School. Went to Georgia State University. So... My Atlanta experience is real Atlanta. I'm like, you know, you're going to get more Atlanta than me. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, from, from, from birth to right now, you know. So, um, I'm a journalist by trade. Uh, I've been in the, in the journalism field for over a decade. Uh, covered sports, uh, covered politics, um, business, anything uh, business-related. Uh, so, I've pretty much, you know, just been, a, uh, you know, someone who's experienced culture, witnessed culture, and I decided to document culture in my new book, That's which is mean. Trap History, which is right here for, for those. Right. We're going to show y'all a little bit later in case yeah. you can't see right now. Yeah. But uh, that's what's up, man. You know, uh, me as a journalist myself, I've been one, I've been, I consider myself a journalist dang since I was in high school. It was my first written story. Okay. And it's crazy because um, I first got into journalism watching 60 Minutes with my mom and dad. Okay. Like, I used to sit there, like, to this moment, Ed Bradley is the coolest dude I've ever seen in my life and I had a chance to meet him. Oh wow. Bro, <laughs> if you have a chance to meet an old black man with an earring in his ear and just he was just cool. Bro. He <laughs> and was, was cool I, and he did his work, man. Like, hell he yeah. Was, he hell was thorough. yeah. And he was I thought thorough. that was the coldest thing about it because um, at that same time I, I was into the sources and all that. So I, yeah. I remember Elliot Wilson's and all them reading all them but yeah. really it was Ed Bradley that made me be like yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Did you have a, a model like that that made you want to say that um, you know yeah I could be a writer and it's not like some lame stuff. <laughs> No, I mean, I think the thing is, man, it was like, you know what's so crazy? My first my first byline was in the fourth grade, mm. and I kind of remember that I, I wrote an article about um, Two Live Crew when they were banned. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I wrote an article in the fourth grade. I was 10 years old. I was like one of the editorial. I was on the editorial um, steps. I, all, all of my pieces were editorial. It wasn't news related. 
So I wrote a piece about um, Two Live Crew and censorship. Mm. This is in the fourth grade, man. So that was my first, my first byline. <laughs> so uh, you know, you know, just witnessing life, man. I think I think everybody is a is a, a they're a writer, but do you have the patience and the, um, I guess the discipline to, to do it consistently? Yeah, because it's you as you know, it's work. Like you really sure. have to. Uh, put your time in to, to to really be successful at this trade. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So for me, it was just you know it was just you know continuing to uh, once you figure figure out that you're good at something, you kind of like try to keep doing it. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and being in Atlanta, you had a chance to kind of tackle a, a wide range of subjects, like you say, from politics to sports to 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 music culture. Yeah. Sure. Um, who are some of the, who are some of your favorite subjects, and what is some of your favorite subjects? Excuse me, to tackle since you started, since you got into being a professional journalist. It's been different. It's been different moments at different times. Um, I think um, being able to cover um, Barack, Obama, Barack Obama's um, journey to the White House, mm-hmm. like I was covering him before he. Um, actually got into the White House, and I actually got a chance to go to the White House several times, and I uh, was able to cover some events at the White House that that um, him, him and Michelle Obama had. So, I mean, just being like, I think, um, I mean, just growing up, you never think that you will um, go to the White House. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it exists, but it's kind of like Mars. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it exists, but I probably would never go there. We ain't gonna see no black president. Either. Yeah, you know, you never gonna see a black president. <laughs> and I'm like, I wow, know. like, I think that moment for me was like, man, like I'm in a White House. With a black president, he has a black wife. Like this is just like something I would have never imagined to to ever have experienced, and to be able to like work it in and, and to write about it was definitely like one of the high points for me. That's what's up. Yeah. I, this every bit of me would have tried to smoke a joint up in the White House. <laughs> everything in me, no, everything that you just ran down would have gave me that reason to do it. Like this probably yeah. be the first time, this first and last time this ever happened. So <laughs> let me just go ahead and take this L for the team. Do it, do it. <laughs> so that's what's up, man. But, well, let's let's get to the nitty gritty, man. Because um, yeah. when I saw you, when I saw you on Day One Radio, and shout yeah. out to Brandon and shout out to oh, Maurice yeah. for sure. When you were talking about the trap history. Yeah. I was in there fascinated, man, because I never really thought about it. it you know, and I, I'm I'm oh cool with admitting this. I never really thought about trap past the music, past the growing up. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I mean, looking at it even now, especially um, after seeing the clips from your book and and just kind of listening to your interviews, I've actually grew up in a trap. You know, I never even yeah. thought about it. You, you know never what think I mean? about it, right? <laughs> never even, I never thought about it. I grew yeah. up in a trap. I grew up in a trap environment. I grew yeah. up around trap influences, and yeah. trap influences influenced me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, let's talk about trap history. What made you want to tackle such a a, a broad subject and 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 put it and put it into um, black and white like that? Because it's like I think just like you, I think the average person when they hear trap music is like, oh, it's just music. It's fun. We can turn up to it, get yeah. lit to it, whatever. And um, they don't really think about like I guess where it comes from. No. And then so I think for me, and I was telling uh, Maurice and Brandon this that uh, for me, kind of woke my eyes up when I was in London covering the Olympics like 2012. And this this uh, woman, this young young woman, said that they had this thing at at the club called Trap Night. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, what Trap Night <laughs> in London? I'm, I'm just extending. I'm just like, okay, what what do you mean? So at that point, I'm like, okay, this is bigger than just an Atlanta thing. It's bigger than the USA. It's, it's a it's a worldwide thing. And so I was like, okay, how many people really know what the trap is? Um, for the for the average person, uh, trap is basically um, a slang term in Atlanta that's been around since like the early '90s, late '80s. And it's basically um, what you call like this is the place where people bought and sold drugs. But at the same time, people actually live. People people lived in those places, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like it's a lot of you know people who I wanted to kind of put a face to it. Uh, 
kind of like give it some, you know, these are real human beings that's happening. Like, so the thing is, I think when, when it comes to like music, it's, it's easy to kind of distance yourself from the actual experience. Mm-hmm. So I wanted people to, act, to actually experience what this music comes from instead of just like listen to, listening to it passively. Like yeah. these are the actually things that are actually happening in certain communities. Yeah, it, it really is, man. And, and, from your, and from your take on it, what do you feel like people miss the most when, you, when we speak about trap or when they think about trap? Because again, you probably think music, you know yeah. what I mean? You might think even fashion, but this, there's... People live in the bluffs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like people still live in Vine yeah. City, and that's a real thing. Like, they, they, there are people who are, um, 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 they remember the Red Dogs, you know what I'm oh, saying? Man, Red Dog. Yeah, like they remember the Red Dogs. They remember w- when yeah. it was really a trap. So, what do you feel like people miss the most? So, so I'm, we got to kind of give people context because I know you, I know you have like viewers worldwide. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Red Dog is basically a police task that was set up in the late '80s to kind of combat uh, the drug dealers and the drug gangs that, that was going on in the projects in the late 80s. So they, <laughs> so they um, created this, this uh, police force called Red Dog, and Red Dog stands for Run Every Drug Dealer Out of Georgia. <laughs> you know, funny story, the, the, black, the black dude, who, the, it was a black dude who, who helped start Red yeah, Dogs. Yeah, and he taught yeah. me how to shoot. Oh, he taught me how to shoot when I first got down here. One of my jobs was security, and he was charged of um, teaching us how to actually. And he used to brag about it. He's like, "Man, look, we used to go up in them doors. Man, they would kick in doors. <laughs> yeah. Man, they were, yeah, they were, they were ruthless. Yeah, yeah, he was ruthless. So, yeah, man, they were ruthless, just, yeah. man. And so, and I put this in the book too. Basically, with the Red Dog, it was like he was trying to mirror the Red Dog defense. Was basically for people who like, who know about football, Red yeah. Dog. The defense is basically the Red Dog blitz. It's basically an all blitz. It's like we sending everybody in at the quarterback, and so that was basically their whole their whole scheme was they wanted to kind of blitz the the drug dealers, try to hit them, you know, when they did, when they least expected, come in at four or five in the morning, kicking in doors and. Um, you got me thinking of Goody Mob right now. They got everybody on their hands. Man, that's, I'm telling you, Dirty South, I'm, I'm telling you, man. So it's like all this stuff is documented in music, but it's like people don't might not understand where it came from. Yeah. So I'm kind of giving people like, okay. You listen to Dirty South, and this is what Cool Breeze is actually talking about. They're yeah. kicking indoors, and they got everybody down on their hands and knees, and, you know, they trying to find something. Yeah. And so I, my, that was my whole thing is really just to kind of break down this whole thing about what was happening in, in, uh, in the inner cities of Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about, um, in your book, you actually point out several different um, several different areas of influence when it comes to trap history. Yeah. There's, there's the BMF era, there's mm-hmm. strip club eras, there's um, even Migos, Migos era yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of culture. So let's, let's, let's start with uh, one that I definitely remember, which was the BMF era, man. Oh, man. How influential <laughs> was Meech in the BMF era to what we see now as trap and being understand what trap is right now, music, culture, and all that? Yeah, so the thing about like Meech and the BMF era... Um, so that came like that whole era was like when I was in college. So I actually got a chance to um, kind of see what was going on. Like, like they were in the clubs, like throwing man so much money. Yeah, it was just it was just crazy. Like, like these dudes would be in in a, in a section, and it's like if you were trying to holler at somebody, don't even think about it that night because they they had everybody. Like they had all like they they pretty much controlled the, the, the atmosphere. Yeah, you know you got talking about fifty to a hundred dudes. Deep wearing black shirts, BMF on it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they came in and they made like they had a they made a statement. Mm. They put a stamp on like this is who we are. This is what it is. What it is. Um, and I think you know 
you know, I don't, you know, Jeezy, a lot of, like, they, you know, there was some type of affiliation with, with Jeezy, and I think they were, they were friends, um, Meech and Jeezy, and so a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that he was, he was rapping about, like, they were living it, so, you know, you kind of got a chance to see, you know, this whole thing play out early 2000s, and it's kind of like, man, this is, it kind of, you know, from a, from a criminal aspect, it kind of, um, you know, they had the feds watching, yeah. but from a music and entertainment standpoint, it really branded Atlanta in a, in a specific way. It did, and it, I feel like again when we start thinking about the term trap, because like, you never, th- I didn't think about it personally, but when you think about the term trap, they didn't just brand Atlanta; they branded the term trap. Like yeah. you would b- walk in there, and they everywhere that BMF went, they turned it into what they they understood. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it could be someplace like um, it could be from Justin's, yeah. it could be to the club yeah. they yeah. had, it could be the Linux Mall. If this was one, if this aesthetic was one way, then by the time we get in here, what you're gonna understand is what we do. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And yeah. that's what they really did a great job at. Yeah. Now, I mean, marketing and branding. I think you know, besides the the illegal activity, I think. <laughs> I mean, but you know, it was like, I think at that, you know, people, although they were from Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, the brothers were from Detroit. They came down to Atlanta, and then they had people from New York and LA. Like, wow, these boys down south are really getting money. Like. You know, before then, like people didn't really see Atlanta as a as a city like that. Where it's just like you didn't see it. No. You know, you we we saw it because we were growing up, but it's like you didn't see that like these young guys were like millionaires at a young age and just spending crazy. So yeah, from that standpoint, it kind of put Atlanta on the map. Yeah, man. And they also have put a strip club culture on the map, as far as I'm concerned. Because I never, I, to this moment, you know, it's crazy. I have not been to Magic City. Don't Bro. look at me like that. How is that possible? It, you know, it's, it's, I, I haven't been. I've been outside plenty of times. Okay. Yeah, I've been to the Greyhound station. That's the trap. Yeah, <laughs> I've been to the Greyhound station. That is that most certainly the trap. Yeah. But I've never been inside Magic City. But Magic City is definitely um, a, a, a huge part of trap culture. Yeah. And especially when it, it comes to strip club culture. Yeah. Speak to that about, speak to strip club culture and what that means to trap culture. Yeah, so, you know, I got a chance to speak to the owner of, um, of Magic City yeah. years ago, uh, Mr. Barney. And he, he talked, we actually talked about, like, how um, some of the, the, the strippers pretty much helped the rappers. And this was probably, bef- this was before, you know, Atlanta pretty much came, you know, became known as a city of, of rappers and entertainers. Yeah. Uh, like in the 80s, you had a lot of bass artists like Hilo Ali, Ra- Raheem the Dream, Hitman Sammy Sam. Yeah. And they yeah. would get their songs played in the strip clubs because, you know, every stripper, they had to have a song that they came out to. And, you know, so they broke a lot of music. They were like the first A&Rs down south with the yeah. strippers and the, the strip club DJs because they were the ones who were breaking the new music. Um, you, would hear the, you would hear the music there first because... Back then we didn't we had View One Hundred Three, but View One Hundred Three was a an RB station. They only had one night where they played hip hop. That was fr- the Friday night mix. That was that was one night, and so the rest of the, the rest of the week they was all R and B. So the only way that a rapper could pretty much get his 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 music out, he had to go to the strip clubs and go to the skating rings. So they were like the first people who were like breaking the, the artists. So they that kind of went hand in hand. And so the art. So once it became that that you know. The rappers began to kind of show that lifestyle in videos and things of that nature. Yeah, that's you know it's so it's so deep how it's, trap culture itself is is very 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 deep. Even when you just mentioned Kilo Ali and them, I would think that actually would they be the precursors to what we call trap music right now? Like they they were the early trappers or trap rappers, I guess. I, mean, I think I think you could probably say like um, Hitman Sammy Sam. Hitman okay. Sammy Sam was probably like the first 
hardcore rapper from Atlanta. Um, Kilo Ali had a song called Cocaine, which oh, was, yeah. <laughs> which was, you know, people, if you, if you don't know Kilo Ali, go to YouTube and Google co- and, and, and type in search for cocaine. Um, and it was basically, he talked about, it was, a, it was a crazy story about someone who falls in love with the drug mm-hmm. game and like the repercussions of it. So it wasn't really trap music at the time. It had like, like from a sound standpoint, it was bass music, but from a lyrical standpoint and the storytelling, it, it was kind of a precursor to trap music. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so crazy. And you know, and now we're looking at it as far as how music represents the trap. Yeah. Migos have come to be the face of this. You know, and I thought yeah. and I, I thought you made a good point when you had in your chapter about Migos the culture album and how mm-hmm. what that means. Yeah. Um speak to us about that. Like what do you feel like Migos mean to what we know as trap right this second? I think what Migos did, um, I think Migos' future, I think that next wave, that next generation of, of trap, after T.I., Jeezy, and, and Gucci, I think what they did is they kind of, they made it mainstream yeah. more so. Like, like, Migos are rock stars right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like, they're in, the, they're in a space where they're playing, like, large festivals, and they're playing, they're in these big, big, you know, arenas and doing these concerts. Um, and so I think for them, they, they kind of kept it alive, kept this next generation alive. And I think what we were talking about with um, the other podcasts is that Atlanta has had several music genres. We had crunk music. Mm. We had um, snap music. And for a minute, we had futuristic swag. And then... Um, Damn, futuristic <laughs> swag. Futuristic swag. J Money, first name, last <laughs> Jay, name. That's right, J Money, you know. We had, so Atlanta had, a, lot, had a, you know, a few sub-genres to come and go. Yeah. But I think the thing that made trap music stand out... Um, more so and kind of survive is that you had like these young guys who were kind of keeping it alive and doing their own interpretations of it. And so uh, Migos come out um, like around 2012, 2013, and then, you know, they have a few hits, and then Bad and Bougie comes, and then Donald Glover shots them out at the Golden Globe, <laughs> Golden Globe Awards. And that, after that moment, it was like that was it. Yep. Because now you got – White Hollywood, like who are the Migos? Who are the Migos? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, after that point, you know, you got these people. Everybody's googling who the Migos. You know, the average person who don't know them. So, I think that pretty much took them to a point where they were at this point. They weren't no longer just trap artists or rap artists. They were pop artists at this point. Yeah. Well, they helped. What I feel like. Um they helped trap jump the shark because we, we tra- trap <laughs> jump the, the shark at this point. <laughs> and I'll give you an example. I pull a lot of my pictures from Pinterest whenever I'm I'm, I'm doing stuff, right? Okay. And on Pinterest, you know, they'll, they'll have several different categories. And what 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 blew my mind one day was trap aesthetic category on Pinterest. Oh wow! And if you ever take a stroll down the trap aesthetic um, um, category on Pinterest, you'll notice. That it don't look like anything we're talking about. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of suburban kids, it's like you know, who yeah. kind of dress in a type of way yeah. and holding guns like this or fake guns in their hand. You know, it's oh, like wow. this is what trap aesthetic is to them. Wow. Yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is that is definitely where we're at. Wow. How do you feel about you know watching where we see trap going now, especially commercially, where it's no longer just sim- simply Ti talking about growing up in Bankhead. It's now. Um, I can go to um, I can go to the mall and go get and go get a whole trap outfit apparently, or I can go get some trap sneakers. Or I, at my favorite, put trap in front of anything. We can, it's now it's now a thing. We got trap yoga, you know, what yeah, I'm saying? I, I, oh, yeah. trap choreography. <laughs> like this trap aesthetic is a real thing. Yeah. How do you feel about watching trap go go mainstream? <clears throat> so I try to you know with this book I try to I try to tie in a lot of like historical moments, mm-hmm. and so. Um, 
I talk about rock and roll, right? Yeah. So, um, do you know where rock and roll come from? Like, like rock and roll, rock and roll is just, just the just the term rock and roll. The term, no. So the term rock and roll, and I put this in the book, mm-hmm. um, was first the first time it was ever was ever put on a record was in nineteen say nineteen seventeen by a woman from Atlanta named Trixie Smith. She was a blues artist. Okay. She was the first, that was the first reference to rock and roll was 1917 by a black uh, artist named Trixie Smith. And so rock and roll was basically a slang term in the black community for sex. That's what rock and roll was. <laughs> Let's rock and roll. Let's rock and roll. That's, <laughs> that's what it was in the black community. That's what it was. Yeah. And so over time, you know, you get, it, it, it changes and all of a sudden it becomes a genre. Mm. But, but what's associated with rock and roll right now? Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you see how things change over time. It's also crazy how, how words get interpreted. Because I remember reading in Russell Simmons' book, um, Life After Death, he talks about when he first met Russ, um, Rick Rubin. Yeah. Rick Rubin thought Def Jam was Death Jam. Yeah. And he thought it was just like this loud metal and all this yeah. other stuff. He said, nah, it's just, you know, it's just us three. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Death, D-E-F. Yeah. You know how, how people kind of in, in, re, in, reinterpret words and stuff like that sometimes, man. So it's crazy. So, so... So back to so to the point yeah. is basically like you know you you take something like rock and roll and it becomes something else. Trap can start in a place and it can become something else, mm. and so that's why I got this book because it's like at this point you you say trap aesthetics where it's like suburban kids mm-hmm. with guns. Um, you know you really need to know the history before it gets out of hand. That's before <laughs> before it's like oh yeah trap started. Uh, you Look, know. in Iowa back when this dude <laughs> you know? was like, go on Pinterest and see how many people with neon with neon face mask and um yeah, yeah like it's, it's 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 something totally not what I thought it would have been at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, I mean, you know, over time we can we can people people interpret things over time and they change it and and it, it can become something. Yeah, you know, look at house music. Yeah, and, and how you know house music has been reshaped to EDM music. But house music is black, like you know what I'm saying. Like, oh, they, that's you know. Yeah. So that's my whole thing is really to like have some context to it, so people can know that this is where it started. And I, I'm glad you spoke about that about house being really EDM and and the origins even rock and rolls. Do you feel like we should be taking more ownership of trap as far as like our community, black community? Like, we should take more ownership and more pride of trap, trap music, trap lifestyle, culture, all that. Well, it just depends on what, what you're celebrating. You know, for me, I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't really, like, glorifying the dealers. I wasn't glorifying the artists. Yeah. I wanted to really tell a story because it's like you can get to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, you want to – this is what these artists did. But at the same time, there's real pain behind what they're talking about. Yeah. There's real trauma. There's real mental health issues. Speaking of, And so, yeah. you know, these are people, people who are dealing with this stuff on a day-to-day basis. And so we don't really um, tackle those issues. And it's like, what are we really celebrating? Yeah. You know, if we want to, if we, I, my, my thing is, I, I don't, I don't mind us embracing what it is and, and what it's, you know, you know, certain aspects of what it stand, stands for, but you should know what it stands for yeah. and that people are still dealing with these issues. It's not just something that you can like, um, and I talk about like the pink trap house, um, <laughs> when I went to the pink, you, do you remember the pink trap house, right? Mm-hmm. Two chains a couple years ago. And I met these two young women. I think they were from like Columbia somewhere. And they were just like, yeah, um, they were like, you know, having fun, taking pictures in front of it or whatever. And they were smiling. I'm like, but I was like talking to them. I was like, do you know what a real trap is? And they're like, no. What is, you know, they didn't really understand it. So for them, it's just like, it's a pink trap house. It's, yeah. This is fun. 
So it's the Pinterest to them. <laughs> it's Pinterest, you know what I'm saying? This is this yeah. is fun. So my thing is to to if we're gonna if we're gonna highlight and brand it and and, and, and kind of have it as our own, still we need to deal with all aspects of it, not just one aspect. I like how you mentioned it. You mentioned it in your book as well about the mental aspects. You know, I, I, I definitely can. I definitely um, connect trap music and trap culture with Gucci Man. Yeah. You know, and, and and when I say that, I don't mean just the music. I mean yeah. everything this man went through. You know, yeah. what I'm saying down to his own mental breakdowns and, and some of the stuff he dealt with. Just probably half of it dealt, dealing, dealing with street life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, speak to us about the mental at the mental aspect and what made you want to touch on that. Yeah. So in the chapter, I have a have a uh, have a chapter called uh, mental health and, tra- and trap music. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> basically, what I talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, is like we, we kind of seeing how trap changed, right? Like. In the beginning, like with with Ti, Gucci, Jeezy, they were talking about selling the drugs, yeah. right? And then years later, you have artists talking about using. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, <laughs> how do we go from selling to being like the addicts? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what happened? Like, what changed to make us go from okay, we want to make a lot of money to 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 save our families to now we're so depressed that we had to become the addicts. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of touch on that, like. These guys are really going through mental health issues. You know, why are you sipping lean at, you know, all day? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Why are you popping pills? Why are you smoking weed all day? Like, I feel yeah, like, like at some point you need to start <clears throat> taking consideration why we're doing things. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, anything that you, you know, that's not done in moderation can become an addiction. Yeah. And, and what are you trying to hide? You know, what are you trying to mask? Um, so that was my whole thing is to like, yo, if we need to really deal with what they're talking about. If a guy says, yo, I'm, I'm sipping lean. You know, this is what I'm doing. You know, it's an, it's an effect to that. And, and, and Gucci talked about it in his book. He talked about how, you know, he was he was addicted to lean for a while, and um, it, it kind of messed up. It messed his health up. And and I guess once he went to jail, it kind of he was able to kind of cleanse himself because he wasn't he wasn't around anymore. Um, but you know, that was my whole thing is to really like let's understand where these problems are rooted. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just saying okay. Yeah, let's have fun or whatever. But now nah, these, you know, these people are really dealing with traumatic situations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, we deal with, a, I mean, street dudes deal with PTSD. Like if you are dealing with a constant basis of, of from red dogs and, and yeah. police chasing you down to enemies that you have on the on the streets and just, you know, you, you we're watching people medicate through a lot of problems, man. Yeah. And that is tra- that is trap life. Yeah. But um. And it's, and it's it's just sad, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. again, watching Gucci, I've watched Gucci really grow into a, I feel like a better version of himself. Mm-hmm. But the person that ha- helped popularize it, yeah, that was an unhealthy human being. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? That was a yeah. very mentally. I'm pretty sure he'll tell you mentally and physically, he was a very unhealthy person. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think in the you know historically in the black community, I think we don't really want to talk about like mental health and like are we really like seeking counseling? Do we yeah. even have enough money to counsel? Do we even know like what it takes to go to counseling. Like, do we, you know, do we know, you know, who should we call? Like, I don't even know if those things are really talked about in, in our community as it should be. So you have kids who grow up and they, they, you know, it's this thing called black don't crack, but it's like we're, we're still enduring things internally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That we're not really talking about it. We're not really discussing. And it's coming out in different, in different areas, in different ways. And um, <clears throat> my whole thing is just to kind of like, let's really, 
have these discussions and not be afraid to have these discussions. I agree. And black does crack. We need to stop stereotyping ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Especially from the inside. Mentally, yeah, we can crack like anybody else, though, yeah. and, and, and check that. And thinking about Gucci's and even, well, definitely T.I.'s and Jeezy's, we watched them all come up from, you know, the 4X large T-shirts to <laughs> becoming these, like, be, these business moguls yeah. now. Um, do you feel like we're reaching back or do you feel like artists are reaching back enough to kind of help these new artists understand where trap is coming from and how they can actually help them avoid pitfalls versus just letting them go through the same situations we went through or, or, or some of the artists went through? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, like I said, I can't really speak for the artists themselves. Yeah. I mean, I, I see T.I. doing a lot of things in the community. Um, he's he's leading by example. You, you know, he's um, doing things with, um, like you'll see him at the Trap Museum and he, he's still doing things um, from a political standpoint. He has a thing about, you know, voting and things of that nature. Um, so a lot of people can see him and he can, that he can be an example in some aspects. Um, but as far as, I don't, I don't really know, like, as far as, like, are they reaching, you know, I don't really know what they're doing on a day-to-day basis um, from what I'm saying. But a lot of times you have young guys who come up and, you know, when you're young, you just, you just want to do it your way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. sometimes you can't, even really, you can't even really reach them because it's like they got this whole thing in their own mind and they want to kind of do it their way. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but hopefully um, my whole thing with this book is just not even for, like, artists, but just people who live in those areas that they can know that there's, like, a way out, you know, not to really uh, embrace those ideas moving forward that you can kind of you can kind of see what happened so that you won't have to go through the same things. Got it, man. So when's the book going to be um, ready? Well, the book is the book is actually ready, but it's like, you know, I'm still doing some type of some, 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 well, some promote some promotions, mm. uh, things of that nature. Um, we're looking at April. Hopefully this Corona thing don't go going to go too crazy. <laughs> the, um, we can't talk the trap <laughs> virus of the, of the times right now. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully, hopefully the Corona doesn't go too crazy. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about like um, some type of like mid to late April okay. for, for a release and then release party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to do this thing, this, this thing big. I have like a short documentary that I'm doing. Also, an audio documentary that's going to like coincide with the book. Yeah, and speaking yeah. of that, the podcast. Uh, yeah. what, what is it's just going to? Do you feel like is that something that's just going to go along with the book, or is going to be something that's going to kind of live on? Like, is it a monthly thing you're going to keep doing? It for yeah, I'm not sure. Like, like I'm like, um, I'm not sure how I'm gonna roll it out. I may just like just put it out at the same time as the book, or I may just roll it out like week by week basis. Haven't haven't really figured it out, but uh, most of like I have like six. Uh, story, six chapters done already from the audio documentary, mm-hmm. so I'm just like um, right now seeing how we're gonna like push it out there. That's but it's basically like a it's it's the storytelling aspects of what's in the book. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up, man. Well, uh, one of the stories I would love for you to t- I love that you, you, is the neighborhoods gentrification. Oh man, yeah. gentrification because right now we're we're in a situation where um, even where we're at right now in Castleberry, yeah. we're not too far from. Um, yeah, a trap. To be completely honest with you, that trap that was made popular by a man who actually helped gentrify it. I feel, which is Curtis mm. Snow. You know what I mean? <laughs> Curtis Snow. I don't, and I, I think that people don't fully get how we tr- we 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 transform our own communities by making stuff popular before we can own it. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like Curtis Snow's popularity yeah. of Snow on the Bluff had people down in the Bluff taking like random pictures, and yeah. you know what I mean? And, yeah. and noticing that houses cost like a dollar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And saying let's go grab up everything we can. Oh man, yeah. How you feel about you know we we're we're in the middle of a trap right now currently, but that trap is being totally turned into something else from the hotels down the street to Phillips to, to the arena, the stadiums, all this, man. 
what's the is it what's the positive here for that? For gentrification? Yeah, what's the positive? I don't know if there's there, any positives, man. <laughs> because in the book I kinda I, I take I go um I go to Kirkwood and I and I talk about future and I and mm-hmm. I um, another place that's being ex- that doesn't Kirkwood even look is the same. Kirkwood is old. Yeah, so mm-hmm. just to give people context, in nineteen ninety you probably could have got a house in Kirkwood for like thirty to forty thousand yeah. easily. Um now you they have houses in Kirkwood for like a million. Bro, they got the HG houses. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> like it's insane. And it's to like, you know, I remember just riding through Kirkwood and I'm just like, in those houses, like, you, it, it, they was dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now it's like seeing what's happening over there now and what's happening here, even like in Casabere. Like, my thing is this, man. I think, I think the young guys who are coming up, young, young men and women coming up, they need to try to buy as much as much land as possible, yeah. buy as much property as possible, and hold on to it. Uh, speak to your relatives, uh, grandma and them, your aunts and your uncles who who have homes in the city. Yeah, don't sell. Yeah, just yeah. hold on to this to these properties because at a certain point it's going to be so high that you know people like me and you won't be able to get in, get be able to, we won't have a presence. So yeah, that's my whole thing is just to like. Do what we can to, to buy as much property as possible. But you know what, brother? I love the fact that you're taking on such a wide story and you're taking on such a uh, what I feel like is an important story. That mm-hmm. that being a historian like this is needed. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. that this is a, this is a story that could easily get um, co opted. It has been. Again, I can't bring up Pinterest all day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been co opted. Trust me, man. Um, so what's next for you? Man, next is really just, you know, making sure that we get, get as many people to know about the book. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like you say, man, I, my thing is, I think um, Atlanta is like the, we're right now, we're in the midst of like um, our generation's version of the Harlem Renaissance. Yeah. And I think so much talent is coming out of here. I think so much music, arts, and culture is coming out of Atlanta that, you know, from years from now, people are going to be writing about Atlanta. I don't think this is going to be the last book about trap music, mm. but I wanted to be the first one yeah. to kind of tell the story like, yo, this is what trap was. This is what trap music was. This is where it came from. And so it's written by a black man. It's written by someone who's from Atlanta, who was born and raised in Atlanta, who saw the whole thing transpire. Yeah. So it's like you really get in a firsthand uh, look at where it comes from. So, so, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's, <laughs> So that's what it is, man. Yeah. So that's that's my whole thing, man, is to get as many people to know about it as possible. I wanna um want people to, to be informed about it and, and just to just to check it out, man. Like it's right now you can you can pre order the book uh on traphistory.com. Yes, um and you know, just check it out, man, because I think uh, the cover's dope too. Like the, 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 <laughs> it's the gold teeth, man. Like yeah, like, yeah. You just give me a whole lot of Jeezy vibes. Like I'm thinking gold mouth and stuff like that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, lot of, a lot of good vibes, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what it is, man. I not like you know, I you know that's my whole thing is really just to get get it out there. Yeah. Uh, I want to want to go to different cities and kind of introduce it to different cities, yeah. but. First, just to um, let people know that it that it exists. Well, definitely, I think it'll definitely work in different cities because it's not like a, there's there's a trap everywhere. Like I said, oh, yeah, me from, being from Boston, I, I'm looking like thinking about it when I was thinking about coming over here. Yeah, I grew up in a trap. Yeah, you go to yeah. Chicago, there's you are going to yeah. traps. You go to L.A., you know what I mean? But trap trap is worldwide. You can find some type, some form of whether it's uh, the physical trap or the music in in every continent around the globe you got trap music in mexico you got trap music in africa yeah as asian trap music um so you know this is a worldwide thing man so it's like 
you know, and it started in Atlanta in a city that's not that big. Yeah. So my whole thing is really just to highlight where it came from, highlight the culture. Yeah, it's one, of, it's one of Atlanta's exports, man. It is. Cultural <laughs> exports, trap music. It is, man. Yeah. It is. That's what it is, man. Bro, I really appreciate you coming uh, through tonight nah, man, and, and hanging it. out with us, man. Before we get out of here, let them know again where they can at least learn some more about um, the, the, the book um, when it's ready, how they can go ahead and make sure they can grab it and any other ways they can support it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just go to traphistory.com right now. You can... Um, Support the book. Uh, you can you can uh, pre-order it right now. It's it's it's, it's ready. Um, doing a party in April, late April, to kind of um, for the, for the book release party to celebrate the release of it. Um, you can follow me on on Instagram at arshaw23. That's a r s h a w twenty three. On on Twitter at arshaw and uh, Facebook arshaw. Uh, just follow the movement and um, just support and tell a friend to tell a friend. Guys, that's what we're definitely going to do tonight, man. We're going to make sure we tell all our friends and make sure they tra- they pick up Trap History. For sure. And um, that's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation sponsored by Jay's Elevation.